you just starting your day or did you just get off? They call, I go, you know. So what is it you do? I'm a driver. Oh, like a chauffeur. Anyone I'd know? I hope not. What is your name? Baby. Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y, Baby. Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And I'm Matt. And it's good to be back. This is episode 19 for June the 30th, 2017. And we have the whole crew here. It feels yes. like it's been a while. It's awesome. I, uh, it feels like it's been like a month since we've had a podcast. <laughs> it, it, it was. <laughs> the, the summer has wreaked havoc on our schedules. It's just not been very, uh, very kind to us, but the whole gang is here tonight. And yeah, we're still seeing movies. We just haven't had the chance to share them and talk about them. Well, you guys are seeing movies. Matt's stuck in no movie I'm, land. I'm teaching. <laughs> and watching Arrow. Well, I've hit the bottom of Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw you a rope. Man, there's Glow. There's... No, I started this before it came out. I Glow is awesome. Once I start, I watch it till the end. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Until there's no more left. I started to recommend the Almighty Johnsons, but I, I don't think it's not really good. I wouldn't recommend you watch it. <laughs> but it's one of those shows like where you watch That's it. That's what we leave movie homework for, Roger. <laughs> it's one of those TV shows where you watch it and you think, this, this is going to be really good. And it never gets good at all. <laughs> but then you're hooked into the story, and you want to see how the stupid thing's going to end. And so you end up watching it, even though you're not really enjoying it, and the payoff's really bad. I'm one of the fortunate few that can just throw my parachute on and bail from a show. I don't have to finish the season. I said, enough of that. I'm done. No, I, I watch it till the bitter end. I watch it all the way into the ground, man. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So, so guys, what else, what's been happening, man? Summertime, and, uh, you know, what's going on? There's news from across the pond on Star Wars, specifically the Han Solo movie. Yes. They've put the two directors in an escape pod and fired them from the Falcon. Miller and Lord are off the movie. They said it was mutual. All the reports seem to indicate otherwise, and it looks like they may have been canned. Late in the production. They'd shot for almost four months and had a month and a half left to shoot. So I'm not... I'm not real familiar with their work personally, but they have a t- I've heard that they do a lot of like just crazy comedy, goofy, improv, kind of go for it kind of movies. Yeah, I mean, their movies are 21 Jump Street, the Lego movie. Okay, so I've seen 21 Dr- Jump Street. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Lego movie. Yep, yeah. Which, which I liked both of those movies, you know. Do you think maybe they were turning it into too much of a Lego kind of humor or something you know it had to be that because disney signed off on the script they wouldn't have started shooting this with a bad script so the only thing that could happen this deep in production is that the dailies look bad the tone is off there's issues with improv they're straying from the story so disney's now two for two they didn't getting rid of directors well no they didn't get rid of gareth well okay. they brought in a closer yeah but yeah it was still his movie 
So, yeah. But what a closer. They brought in Ron Howard. I mean, you just make that phone call. Hey, Ron, you busy for next year? Nope, he was free. I guess there's no more Da Vinci movies to make right now. Thank the Lord. (laughs) Hold on, there's been more than one Da Vinci movie? There's three. No, just two. I I don't believe you. There's been three. There's three Da Vinci movies that he did? Yeah. I, I only know of one. I don't acknowledge the other two, but that's just me. Okay. I've only seen one. I don't like the books. Yeah. So I've had no interest to delve into those movies. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, at this point, cautiously optimistic Ron Howard's in. I would bet the movie's going to move off its May premiere date. <clears throat> Well, yeah, maybe. He's going to use some of the stuff, but I don't know how much they can salvage. Well, one thing's for certain. Any hope that we're going to get something different has just flown out the door in a heartbeat. We're going to get another good old Star Wars movie with the same kind of story. You know, they're not going to... It's Disney. They're not going to... You know, why would we think we're going to get anything fresh and new? You know, so... Well, we knew this from the beginning. When they announced the anthology films, you're like, ooh, we're going to get something different. And then, no, they're playing it safe. We're getting Rogue One, Han Solo, and allegedly Boba Fett, but that's been scrapped with Josh Trank. So they're, they've been playing it safe ever since they announced the movies. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I can't say that I'm over the moon excited about a Han Solo movie now. Just, I mean, I'm going to go, but I don't know. But I, you're, you were telling me, Adam, that the word on episode eight is great. Yes. Yes, early word on episode eight, at least from inside the studios. They're very happy with what Ryan Johnson has done. So that's the good news out of all this. Cool. Speaking of not playing it safe, uh, Deadpool 2 is shooting. And here's a movie I hope really takes some risks. Because they can. It's Deadpool. It's weird. It looks great. His new sidekick is Ricky Baker from Hunt for the Wilder People, which has me excited. The cab driver's back. And the early behind-the-scenes shots seem to indicate that Deadpool kills a bunch of hitmen at a child's birthday party in, like, a bounce castle. So hopefully that's another slow-mo scene or something interesting there. But ever since the nice guys, I'm just I'm fond of bloody birthday massacres, I guess. <laughs> I like those scenes. Okay. Well, ever they, since what? The nice guys. They throw uh, the body yeah. into the birthday. Yeah, but that's, like, quick. <laughs> yeah. Still made me chuckle. Yeah. All right. Deadpool will really play it up. I just can see the blood hitting the kids' faces and everything else that might happen. Cool. I'm not a fan of Deadpool, so I don't have a lot of commentary to say. Uh, Spider-Man 2, same director. They've signed him on. They're very happy with the first one, which we get next week. And the word is that after Avengers 4, Spider-Man will be the next big centerpiece film. They're going to put a ton of heroes in it on the scale with Civil War, maybe. Huh. Interesting. You know, I'm I'm optimistic, but everybody says the new Spider-Man's great, right? But are are we going to get the first half of the movie, the origin story for the 100th time? Not at all. No origin, no Uncle Ben. Okay, now you're talking. Yeah, all the reviews are really positive. They said the high school stuff works. There's no origin. He's fully formed. I mean, we've already seen him in Civil War. This is after that. That's true. Yeah. So I know my kids want to see it. Both of them are really like, hey, we got to go. Absolutely. The new Star Trek show that is gated behind CBS All Access. It's going to be a pay 
streaming service, unfortunately, not on TV. That's a, that's just makes me mad. They're finally breaking Roddenberry's <laughs> box. What? Yes. So no time travel? No, that's not his. <laughs> I'm sorry. Roddenberry's box it was he forbid major conflicts between characters, and that all the crew had to exemplify human conduct. Well, yeah, because we're living in a utopian society. So essentially, what you're saying is they're not making a Star Trek. They're making Star Trek without Roddenberry's restrictive box. So it's not Star Trek. It's just every other generic set in space TV show. I totally agree with Matt on So this is one. it dark matter? Is that what we have now? We're a second coming of dark matter? I don't know. I'm on board with Matt on this one, totally. Ridiculous. Because what makes Star Trek Star Trek is they're in a civilized society. There's no more money, no more currency. They all get along. You know, it's not... That's what, you know, made it... But this show is about the underbelly of the Federation. These are the Black Ops Dirty Deeds people. I mean, I'm not going to see it because I'm not going to pay. I'm so what does it even problem. matter? I mean, how many people actually, like, this actually angers me. So I refuse to watch it and CBS can go suck it and I'm done. <laughs> it's even... Okay. People were saying that they're going to wait till the end. If they're going to watch it, pay for one month after it's all. It's still airing weekly online. It won't be like up all at once. And now they're splitting the episodes up <laughs> so that they're not all going to be up at once. It'll be like the first four and then a break. And they're really dividing the season and, up. And see, exactly. I, I'm, I, I don't play that. No, nope. yeah. I'm done with that nonsense. Nope. I agree too. I'm, for once, I'm on Matt's side. <laughs> I'm not defending it. I'm just saying how they're yeah. doing it. And I'm not a fan of that idea no, at all. They're a company. have the right to make as much money as they want. And I am a consumer and have the right to make a decision with my money if I so want and so desire. And my choice is to not watch a non-Star Trek movie behind a ga- pay gated wall. That's it. Yeah. So uh, that's it for the news. Roger, I know you saw Cars 3. Yeah. <laughs> And not by choice, but yes. Yeah, no, and I don't know. We're not doing a formal review of it. I didn't <laughs> know. Not by choice. Yeah, I mean, gunman I would, came to his house. I would not have went and seen it. My oldest son Ben wanted to go see it, and so he had a situation where his something happened at his school, and he had his afternoons free all this week, and so they have five dollar deal on Tuesdays, and so uh, I said, "You want to go to the movies?" And he said, "Yeah, sure." And what do you want to see? And he said, "Cars." So we went and saw Cars, and it and it's it's not a bad movie at all. You know, it's a little slow, and it's your typical. It was not directed by John Lasseter, which I found interesting. Um, I, knew, I don't know if somebody else. I, I can't remember the guy's name, but I know it was not Lasseter. Um, but your typical Cars. There's one story, and then there's the story underneath the story that they're really trying to tell. You know. Uh, about some moral, um, good moral, you know, this is the way we should be and the way we should act and what's really important in life. Th- th- those big themes that Pixar always seems to get at. Um, so it was okay. I mean, you know, what I liked about the first car movie was the car, the race scenes. I mean, it was just, the CGI was just awesome, you know? Um, and we don't get hardly any of that, you know, um, and a little bit of a retread of the same story again. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't see. I don't see it being a huge blockbuster breakout. You know, its opening weekend was kind of a subpar 
fifty yeah, million or so. It was. Did you just say what you missed from the first one is the racing, and there wasn't a whole lot of that? Yes. Which, when's the last time you've seen the original cars? Well, I mean, I own one and two. Right. So, how many? When was the last time you've seen the original cars? I don't know. Four years, three, four years. Like that movie is maybe like two percent racing, if that. Most of it is set in a town with nothing going on. So there's not even a lot of racing yeah, in the it, first it, one. What, well, what I liked was it was kind of cool and innovative. I liked it when they were on the track and doing the racing. I liked it, yeah. I didn't say it had to be all racing the whole movie. All right. I was yes. just saying. Does it turn into an Andy Griffith episode in the middle of it? Yes, it does. Absolutely. And I liked it. I liked, I I, liked the I first like, cars. I like cars a lot. Yeah, but I do there's too. like no racing in that movie. Oh, there's, there's some. There's yeah. a pit stop. That pit stop is better than the entire race. Just that, That's fact. <laughs> okay. So i got to ask, is Cars 3 more serious than the rest? Because the previews are super serious, showing an accident, and they're really played for high drama. There was, you know, yes. Yeah, there, there's one scene where there's a really bad wreck, and, it, and I, I was in a theater with a bunch of young kids, of course, and hardly no girls, though, all dads and young sons. Um, and a couple of boys were making a comment how that was kind of scary on the way out, you know. But, you know, so not giving away spoilers or anything. But I don't think you can spoil cars. I mean, the, the opening, like, the box art that's been on iTunes for the longest time is, like, his car upside, his speed yeah. upside down. Lightning. Yeah. But but there's it's a very serious car wreck, you know, and... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it had some interesting themes, some, a little bit older themes to it, you know. Um, but now Lightning McQueen's, you know, he's the old car. He's the outdated model now, you know. Um, so. How many montages, too? How many <laughs> with music? Oh, yeah. Let me think. At least two. So here's my question in the Cars universe that I really want to know. Uh, there are no people. Cars are sentient. Are, and, and planes. Are cars and planes. I've seen that movie way too many times. Are cars born? And if so, how is he the old outdated model and there's new models? Like, do sentient cars evolve that fast? Like, evolve into a completely another, mo- another model within a generation? Um. Let's, one of the things I'll give them, that's a great question. One of the things I'll give them credit for is this. They were able to clearly show how that same racing body style and look of, the, of Lightning McQueen is outdated compared to every other race car now on the track. They're, it's like 90s they all look, They all look like Lamborghinis with the, you know, the fins and the, the really sleek, um, no curves, no smooth curves. Everything's, you know, edges and stuff and... Uh, yeah, and they all go. They all go about twelve miles faster than Lightning can get at his top speed. Well, I mean, how does that? How does the new bodies come about? Are those born? If they're born, is it like genetically engineered to right, be a, a different great, yeah. body? Like, cars, a lot of weird questions. Do cars have money? Where do they put their wallets? I know. I don't know. Yeah, how do they? Pay well, for stuff? And, and one of the things that Lightning was upset about was the new cars had cell phones in them. He didn't have a phone in him. <laughs> I wish we had he's, video. He's a just, race car. 
He doesn't even have headlights. Well, he does have headlights. They're stickers. One. Yeah. In the yeah. first one, they were stickers. They're, so he's had them implanted. Is that yeah. like a car getting plastic surgery? Has no, he had Botox no, and no. A, like tuck? Well, without giving away too much, again, can't spoil this movie. He, he he gets a makeover. He gets a computerized shell put over top of him, and uh, this like little metal sheet metal looks like aluminum foil that comes down and rewraps up Lightning McQueen. Still, he still looks like Lightning McQueen, but. There's some edges now to him. Is, and his, is his regular body still underneath of that? Yes. So essentially, he put on clothes. Yes, exactly. So cars wear clothes in Cars 3. They do. Intriguing. Well, some of them That's where hats. he would put his wallet. And those clothes can be ripped off at an opportune time when it's time to reveal the old Lightning McQueen. But how about this? Aren't some of the cars animals? So he's a stripper. No. He doesn't. Yeah, he's taking off his no, exterior no, 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 no. to expose no, no. his car flesh. No, 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 no. He does not take off his clothes. Someone else. Oh, sexual assault. No. Well, I, I see I, where you're going. Well, if you want to consider a tree branch. <laughs> well, if you're riding through the forest and are, the trees are trees are trees sentient in the cars. I don't I'll think say this, so. but aren't some of the cars animals? Like, aren't tractors cows? Yes, tractors yes. are cows. Yes, and they're not really uh, intelligent. They act just like cows. Except for the fact that they shoot up to their butts when they hear loud noises. Yes, which is still cows the case. Cows really don't do that. <laughs> I've only ever seen the first movie, and that was a decade ago, probably. <laughs> this is a whole lot longer than I thought we would ever talk about cars. There's a lot of questions. The well, whole internet always I mean, has questions about cars. I have, I have seen cars in the past year maybe you must. 20, 25 times. So you must accept, <laughs> Matt, that this is a fantastical world that is not anything like our world. Listen, fantastical worlds still need to have questions applied to them. That's the only thing I'm saying. Okay, fair enough. Well, that should wrap it up now that we've, we've dealt with Cars 3 maybe longer than some stoners have. Yes. Yep. Well, if they would listen to this, maybe they would contemplate it. Yep. And the universe is in your fingernail, man. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for news and notes. When we come back, our Thursday night movie review of Baby Driver. Welcome back to the Film Coterie, and it is time for the Thursday Night Movie Review, or as I like to call it now, the movies that these guys get to watch that I can't go see. So. That's why he's salty tonight. I am salty. I'm salty for a lot of reasons, but I really wanted to see this movie. I haven't been able to because, you know, adult. So, Roger. Yes. Because I think, Adam, you've seen this twice already? Yep, this is my second time. Second viewing already. Roger, I will start with you. Okay. What do you think of the movie? I got a question before he jumps in. Did you want to speed back to our office and pull your handbrake, do some turns? <laughs> I fought off the urge. My car doesn't even have a handbrake. 
You know, not where that. the hand is. It's electronic. I can't even pretend. Not that I think of it. Mine doesn't either. The last car I had was a 2003 Honda Accord with a handbrake, and I have used it at full <laughs> speed. I have a handbrake, but I just roll my vehicle if I tried something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to answer your question, I did like the movie a lot. I, I really did. I, um, it, it's just a fun car heist kind of movie, you know? And it's got incredible music, incredible So as far as a music. musical goes... Singing in the Rain, White Christmas, Baby Driver. I mean, can we say that it's a musical of that quality, only of a different type? Oh, man, that's a great question. That's why I do this segment, Roger. <laughs> uh, okay, let me think about that. Um, it's definitely of a different type. I think after a couple more viewings, I might be much more inclined to say, yes, it's in that kind of a league. But just seeing it once and being so fresh, I, I don't, I, 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 I'm not going to commit to that just yet. But no, it is, it's excellent. And Adam was pointing out things to me that I missed with the first viewing that he caught with the second viewing. There, every single piece of music not only is intentional where it is, but explain how you explain it's dialogue to the characters. Yeah, this won't spoil anything. You know the character's name is Baby. That's in the preview. Other... They all go by code names. So other members of this gang are Buddy, Darling, Doc. They use songs that use their names. So like when things start going bad for Baby, what song do they play? That Nowhere to Run, Baby. Nowhere to Hide. It's always talking to actual characters with almost dialogue about what's going on. Yeah. So your answer, Matt, is yes, I did like it very much. Absolutely. And how about this? This was the first Edgar Wright movie Roger has ever seen. What? No Shaun of the Dead. Nope. No Hot Fuzz. I have Hot Fuzz in my queue to watch and was hoping to get to it before this movie, but we just wasn't able to. I, I, wow. I don't even, wow. Wow. But here's the weird thing is that doesn't matter for this movie because this is unlike anything he's done before. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the movie. I know everyone was saying it was different. Um. And you're right, it doesn't matter. But, I mean, watching Hot Fuzz, you could watch it in isolation, not watch the other ones. I don't think it would matter. I don't think it, you needed to watch those movies to appreciate the other movies. I think they were yeah. all really great individually. Maybe yeah. not the third so much as the first two. And that's yeah. what I've heard, too, from different people. You guys, as one, say that everyone his movies has their own... It's, it's a standalone deal. It fits in a box. You, you know the dimensions of it. You know that there's going to be tone. Yeah. They're always mashups, but this is a mashup too. This is musical heist, car chase heist. Boy meets girl. I mean, there's a lot of stuff being mashed into this. They call that meat cute. Two young people meet, and that's that's the genre, and that's in this too. What meat cute? Wow. Um, if you would have told me that and not explained to me, I would have thought you meant like beef or like <laughs> lamb or chicken. Meat cute. Yes. That's like Lady Gaga's dress that she wore. Meat cute. Anyway, cut scenes, chop scenes, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, one of my favorite editors. I just love the way his movies go together. There's always a nice, very perfect symmetry. There's scenes of a person standing in a spot, cut to another spot, person still in frame in the exact spot. All those smash cuts, everything's great. Well, technically, he is a great 
great, not only editor, but a filmmaker in the sense of knowing how to frame, like you said, frame a shot. It's, it's really, it's so cool. It's like we see so many movies where the director is not at that level of being able to really craft I forget, they call it a mise-en-scene and, 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 and kind of the, the French term for everything is put into a frame for a reason. And like you said, he'd cut from what, like in a, they were in a diner and they'd cut to one scene to another place in the diner, then cut back and everything is perfect, you know, which is really cool. Well, I was even thinking the cut from the headquarters to the junkyard when he was scrapping the car and he's standing in kind of a mirror position. And not a lot of dirty shots in the film in the sense of a dirty shot is, is when they shoot over a shoulder while somebody's talking. He hardly, I don't think he hardly ever used a dirty shot. He would frame the camera off at like a 30 degree angle to get both of them. And it makes you, a dirty shot makes you feel like you're the person he's talking to. When shooting, I forget the term for the other one. When he shoots at like this 30 degree angle, you're drawn into their conversation and you're listening. And it's really cool. It's just a great, he's just a great film. I mean, this guy can film a movie, man. It's great. And all practical car chases. The only CG shot is the helicopter shot over the freeway with the three red cars. You see in the trailer, everything else was real Excellent. stunts. And I'm telling you, great, great driving in this movie. Great, like I haven't seen in years, great driving. Better than the first Fast and Furious? Oh, oh man! I, don't, I take my mind. I, I I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Just off, it's it's pretty great. That opening high scene is some of the best I've ever seen. That seemed realistic. Fascinating. Like, like single single car chase. Oh yeah, well yeah yeah single like car chase. Good car chase or yeah, like, like French connection. French yeah. connection. Yes, that kind of. I mean that nice. kind of level. Uh, stuff because you know fast and furious has amazing cars doing amazing things at least the first movie yeah but it almost seems fantastical this is okay i'm I'm gonna swear this is like you're watching this and it's like damn this guy can flat drive it don't seem like it's fantastical like it's cgi'd or nothing this kid can just flat out drive a car you know and this is in the trailer this lets you know it's an edgar wright movie this is his style of humor the first bank robbery is what opens the movie. They rob the bank. They get in the car. The music's playing. John Bernthal points ahead, like, giving the signal to go, and they shoot in reverse. <laughs> it's just an awesome shot. Yeah. Yeah. And by shooting reverse, I mean the car kicks in the... goes backwards real fast all of a sudden. Um, there's so much to watch in the background. That's what I gained from the second viewing. There's a great one take of him going to get coffee leaving from their headquarters going to a coffee shop coming back walking on the street dancing singing along everything's choreographed with the traffic and other pedestrians and i noticed this more on the second time the words are graffiti in the background they're on signposts they're on sprayed on walls they're in windows you can see a lot of the lyrics yeah i can't wait to take my my two teenagers to see it because Tori loves the actor, that, the, the guy that played Baby, mm-hmm. uh, from some of his other work that he's done. You know, Divergent series. Well, and that, and he also was in a movie where, Tori's going to shoot me for this, I can't think of it, where 
both the actors have fatal diseases. Of course. You know, where they're both about to die and they fall in love with each other. That's got a name I can't think of right I now. I can't either. My daughter's now listening to this podcast screaming at the, in the car going, I can't believe you can't remember the name of that movie. It's not The Fault in Their Stars, or is it? Yes. Okay. Whew, thank you for yes. that comeback. But she loved that movie and loved him as an actor. And so I think Zach would really get into the car heist and the action and stuff. And Tori would like it just for the, for the love story between him and, and the girl that he meets, you know. It's rated R. And there's some language in it. There's not a lot of violence no. compared to what you I'm see really on TV. I'm really surprised it's rated R because of the, you think because of some of the... It's just language and the violence that's in there. I mean, do yeah. they say, do they drop more than one F-bomb? Yeah. R. Yeah. Done. Yeah. R. Okay. <laughs> But it didn't seem gratuitous, like bad at all. To me, I didn't think the language was that bad in the film. Yeah, but there is a couple of uh, gruesome scenes of violence. That's yeah, but you, those would show on TV right now. I think if this was this, cut for TV, all the violence would stay and they just re-edit some of the dialogue. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So performance-wise, let's talk about some of the actors. I really like Kevin Spacey in this movie. And he's just playing Kevin Spacey. He's great. But he's the only guy that can do that. Yeah, he the is The witty great. dialogue, the kind of smart-ass personality. Yeah, he's playing Kevin Spacey. How was Flea? Is Flea in this? He's in one scene. He's one heist. He's good. He's funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I really like John Hammond in this movie. He played Buddy. He kind of a Bonnie and Clyde relationship with his girlfriend, Darling. And they had a good chemistry, the two of them. And... I, I don't know if I, what's his backstory? Is it what we're told to believe or is it something completely different? You yeah, know? so we don't know these characters. The different characters come in for different heists. We just know their code names. Characters even try to guess at each other's backstory. It's yeah. kind of cool. Very cool. But yeah, it leaves you without answers. But Ham does a good job in here being kind of a friendly older brother, like mentor character. Yes. And being able to switch to menacing and back and forth, because he's dangerous. All these people are dangerous except Baby. But Ham has some good range here, I thought. And you yeah. never see him be menacing. No, but he I, gets I to, agree. He gets to play kind of a different role here. Yeah. And Jamie Foxx, surprisingly, I was worried he would be like the weak link or really bring the movie down. He went right to the edge a couple times where I thought he's going he's gonna to overact. But he never really did. And so I thought his performance was solid, just to be honest with you. He's bats, and he's the crazy one. Yeah. And yeah, he's good in this. Now, a lot of people online are comparing the two leads, Baby and Deborah, to a Disney prince and Disney princess. And the reason they're saying that is because they only have good traits. There's nothing negative about either of these characters, and they're both put in a situation that they have to work together to get out of. Hold on. My under, are you talking about the guy that drives? Yeah, baby. baby. I mean, he's a criminal. He's a really good kid. Yeah. You'll see. There's no. I, I'm not going to say I don't want to give it away. Well, don't, yeah, don't give it a spoiler. But yeah. from watching the trailer, he's yes. a criminal. He is a criminal. But Roger, you have a daughter, and not saying that she would date a criminal. But if this kid outside of this world, he's a good kid. Very good kid. Yes. Yeah, and same thing with the waitress. She's a sweet yeah. girl. That's like saying, except for the fact that he killed her, he was in love with her. He was awesome. There's a little bit of an Oliver Twist thing in here where he's, right. he's been raised that way. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say... I, I, I'll put it this way. I understand Matt's question, 
because I wouldn't, before I saw this movie, I wouldn't have thought, I would, I would feel like he has had such redeeming quality to him. But yeah, he's a good kid, and I, I would let my daughter probably would have let him, let her, he would have been the type of guy I would want my daughter to bring home. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. my boyfriend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. So that's why they're being compared, because in the Disney movies, the hero, the girl, they're all positive traits, they're all usually one note, and they, they get stuck in something together they have to get out of. So there's been some comparisons that this is kind of a Disney prince and princess movie, among everything else. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I can't get my mind around that fully. Yeah, no, it's something yeah. to think about, though, especially when you watch it a second time. Uh, baby's stepfather is a real deaf actor. There are a lot of people proud that they got him in the movie. He's good in the He's movie. He's great. Yeah. I was not expecting that either. That really, that and some stuff that happened at the end really kind of had that just t- heartstring tug at your heart, you know? Oh, I wasn't expecting that either, but anyway, yes. And like I said, this movie shows, Edgar loves movies. If you've ever seen an interview with him, he watches everything. He consumes as much as he can. This feels like he stripped parts out of everything he really likes about various movies in the yep. genre and just gave us a remix of some of the best parts. I listened to an interview with him with Leonard Malton, and Leonard Malton's famous movie critic, and he's considered like a walking encyclopedia of movies. I mean, it's literally, you can mention a movie from the 40s, and he knows who the producer, the director, the sound person was, who they were related to. And Edgar Wright held his, he blew Leonard Malton away with his movie knowledge. of people, I mean, Leonard would mention something, and he would tell you, oh, yeah, and he also did so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And Leonard's like, it's really nice to talk to somebody that loves and appreciates movies as much as you do, you know. So, yeah. So when I heard that interview, that's when I was really excited. I started asking you guys, what has he made? And you know, like Hot Fuzz and these different ones. And I thought, oh, i got to see some of his movies, you know. Hot Fuzz by far is my favorite. And then Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. I love both those movies, and I'm proud to say I love Baby Driver. It's top three Edgar Wright. I'm more indifferent towards The World's End and Scott Pilgrim. But he's made two movies I love, and now this is the third movie he's made that I just flat out love from first viewing. I liked it more, actually, the second time. Yeah, and I will say unequivocally that I love this movie. Absolutely. I was was hoping I would enjoy it. Totally loved the movie. It sucked me in. I laughed, and I was was engaged. Everybody around me, I, I lost track of anybody else in the theater, you know, and just great experience at the movies. Yeah, and again, like I said, these characters are all one note, and it works. The There's no arc. Baby doesn't grow or change during the movie. He's he's kind of set in his way, and he's going to do what he's going to do, but that's nice. There's no heroes doubting himself moment. Nope, never. That drives me crazy. I'm so tired of the hero's journey that we see movie after movie where good, then something bad happens, and they doubt themselves, and they have to find the strength to come back, and then they win. There's no hero's journey in this, which is refreshing. Yeah, yeah I agree. So, I'm only going off trailers at this point, right? If you had to give a movie for someone to see involving someone driving a car, would it be Baby Driver or Drive? Baby Driver. Better than Drive. I don't think Drive plays that well with mainstream crowds. I'd give Drive to a film lover. Over Baby Driver? No, Baby Driver. I think it's a better movie. All right. Have you seen Drive? It's been a long time. I, I'm trying to remember. Right. Well, then never mind. Yeah, I'm try- I can't remember the details of the movie. 
and I like Drive, but Baby Driver is without some of the weaknesses of Drive. Drive's not very coherent all the way through. Okay. It has highs. I mean, Drive's highs are really good. Yeah. But there's some lows in there, too. Well, that makes me excited, because I really like Drive. Yeah, and I really like Drive, too. Yeah. Yeah. They're different movies, though. Yeah, no, I figured that they completely oh, yeah. are. <laughs> I can't actually, off the top of my head, compare Baby Driver to anything. It's kind of unique. I know I asked Roger a musical question. Would you consider a, the Baby Driver to be a new form of musical? I mean, I'm thinking about it, because the music plays such a big role in the movie. It's, it's ongoing for the most part. I mean, 90% of the movie has music playing. Right, yeah. And when there's not, you actually can hear the tinnitus that the guy has. The silence is filled by a faint ringing. So you're, you're aware of the absence of music when there is no music. And sometimes iPods get crushed, destroyed, the music will stop, and then maybe a radio will kick on. So the music, very present, great soundtrack. I can't praise that enough. Yeah, I agree. And the action is choreographed to the music. Gunshots are choreographed to it, dancing moves. So, I mean, music's a huge part of the movie. But I don't know that I can really say it's a musical. Uh, yeah. That's... I'm not saying a musical in the traditional sense where people right. get on stage and sing. I'm saying, not saying he's developed a new genre, but is this a new type of musical where music takes a more prominent role in the film than in other types of film? Yeah, I mean, music is more important here because I'm comparing it to Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, because the music was important there. That was Peter Quill's Ties to Earth. It was a good soundtrack. Right, but I don't think that rise to the level of what no. you consider a, a new type of musical. No, because the music here is, is weaved into the actual fabric of the movie. It's not just on the side. It's part and parcel. You can't separate the yeah, two. Yeah, and that's why I asked, is yeah. it a new type of musical? It's, not it's, yeah, it's like, you know how you watch a good drama or a movie, and the, music, the score really, or even a horror film, the score really makes the movie the movie, right? Right. Well, it's the same thing with Baby Driver, only it's actual songs they're playing and not... And the movie's almost... The music's almost a character. I mean, yes. it's that interweaved into the story. Yeah, absolutely. And else. Which is... I mean, yeah. you guys are telling me he essentially did what I asked to do because it doesn't sound like any other movie has really done what he's done with Yeah, it. I'm just... I mean... I know... I mean, I don't know if it's the reluctance to say yes because musical has a bad connotation in, like, modern no, I, sense. No, it, but I just don't want to mislead people. I mean, because it's... It's a hybrid. You know? Yeah. Yeah, if you say musical, people might walk in expecting La La Land. Or... No, it, well, it I is... didn't say musical. <clears throat> I said a new type, yeah. a new form. Yeah. It's what Edgar does. He always mashes things up, and this time he's taken the soundtrack. And it's a great movie. Just, like I said, weaved it actually into the fabric <clears throat> you, of the film. If you would have told me that you're going to take a car heist movie, a young, a young love movie, you know, and... Another character in the movie is going to be all the songs that are played. And you're going to throw all that together. I said, you can't make, that movie can't be made. And we just watched that movie at the theater. That was so cool. Yeah, I mean, this is one, I'd see it in theaters a third time. I can't, I can't I wait to own it. I would go right now and see the movie again. It's yeah. so good. It's that good. I'm not, I'm not joking. Yeah. And this is, yeah, this is just the type of movie I know that when it's on in the future, whether I've put it on or it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. I mean, it's, it's in my collection now. I and, wish. You, and it's one of those multiple viewings. You're going to catch something new, you know, again, when you get to see it. Yeah. 
Anything else? If this thing gets knocked out of my top five, maybe even my top three, we're going to have a hell of a year. Absolutely. I, I agree with Adam. It's right now in my top three, hands down. And if that gets knocked out of there, I can't imagine what kind of movies we've got coming up. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, anything else? I think that about covers it. We got to, well, I guess we can't. You haven't seen it, so we can't vote on it yet. No. Nope. Can't vote on it. I mean, here's the deal. No, no surprise well, what Roger and I are going to vote. Well, I mean, he, here's the thing. To put it up on the website, I know you need three votes, right? Um, however, I can... I mean, the fact that I think I would almost vote any other Edgar Wright film up, almost because the last of the Coronado trilogy, I mean, I can't even remember its name half the time. The World's End. Yes. Eh. But if it's, every, if it's good or better than Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, or even Scott Pilgrim, I would vote it in. So as soon as I get around to... To see yeah, it, it's probably going to yeah, show we can up. Vote. Yeah, we can vote next after you see it. Yeah, and I promise you, I will see Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim, and I will watch those three movies by probably by the next time we Hot podcast. Fuzz Hot and Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, Shaun yeah. of the Dead, Hot Fuzz and Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. That's my order of liking his other movies. Same for me. Yeah, yeah. And I can't place this one yet. It's up there with them. Yeah, I don't know that it's dethroned Hot Fuzz, but it's up there with those two movies. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, with that, uh, we will take a quick break and be back. As we sit here recording, we're at the end of June. We're now halfway through the summer, if you count the summer as May through August. We've seen some movies. There's been some interesting develops in terms of box office, some surprise flops, some movies we performing better than anyone thought, and that would be Wonder Woman. It's just crushing it at the box office. So we thought we'd kind of sit and, you know, kind of talk about what's going on this summer. Yeah. So do you want me to go down some movies and mention them? Yeah, I mean, let's start okay. in May. Uh, okay. We had Guardians, Alien, Covenant, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Captain Underpants. <laughs> what am I missing from May? There was um, the Amy Schumer movie that none of us saw. <laughs> no one saw that one, actually, at the box office. No. And none of us have seen Transformers, right? That was June. Okay, that's June. Okay. Yep. So May performed, for the most part, what people thought. Guardians came out and crushed it, box yeah, office wise. It was great. Uh, the real surprises hit with uh, Transformers box office. It made over the three day just about forty million. Yeah. And that was less than the Friday of the last installment. And. Whether you're into Rotten Tomatoes or not, it's sitting at a whopping 15% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. What is sitting at 15%? Transformers. You know, it is finally great to see a movie that gets slaughtered critically, that deservedly gets slaughtered critically, actually not perform in the box office. Because I am 
I am so done with Transformers movies. So done. And it looks like everyone else is as well. In America. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been done since the first one. But you're right. But is it just because that cinema is now, American cinema is being played other places, they're allowed to play at more places, and people are excited to see big blockbustery stuff that they haven't been able to see? China's economy is booming. Um, people have more money to spend there now. To spend on crappy movies? On, on movies they haven't seen before. So the Cineplexes are exploding in China. It made $130 million over there. Over the same three-day period, it made 40 here. So, I mean, there's a lot of debate going on. It, it, Rotten Tomatoes, does that actually affect a movie? Box office-wise, we used to say no. Yeah. Because there are a lot of franchises that were review-proof, but we're seeing with the Mummy bombing, Transformers bombing, both having just terrible Rotten Tomato scores. Yeah, yeah the Mummy's at 15%. Pirates of the Caribbean, 29%. That's, it's, yeah, it was... But yeah. it's not just critics, and I hate the argument. Studios always say we didn't make this movie for critics. We made it for the fans. That usually means it's a crappy movie. So fans like crappy movies right. is what we're saying. We didn't set out to make a good yeah. movie is what they're saying. So yeah. I think, I mean, both of these had bad trailers. Transformers, the last one, probably left a bad taste in people's mouth. Yeah. I think the franchise has worn itself out. I don't... We weren't at Comic-Con the last two years, so... But I didn't sense any pop culture excitement about Transformers. No. I don't know any Transformers fans, honestly. So I, I have no gauge to judge it by. But there was no online excitement about it. I know one Transformers fan who is incredibly... She is um, uh, yeah, obsessed with Transformers fans. Did she go see this movie? Yeah. And she loved it and thought it was awesome. How but old is this person? She is 19 years old. Yeah. And loved it. It's my oldest son's girlfriend. Okay. All right. Her thing is Transformers everything. Because when I was at her graduation, all she talked about was Transformers. But I would say she's an anomaly. Well, here's the thing, too. I don't know if Rotten Tomatoes is affecting anything, right? Well, to hear, the, to hear, for, yeah, to hear all the movie producers, they're all saying it's Rotten Tomatoes that are ruining our movies. Well, but here's the problem. It's not... It's not... Corollary to movies that get good reviews. It's not like Captain Underpants blew stuff out of the water and it has an 85%. Yeah. Right? So it may only work in one direction, but if you're saying Rotten Tomatoes influences what people go to see at the cinema, that's not the case. Right. It comes at night, didn't blow up the box office. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, even if something scores really good, doesn't necessarily mean sure. it's going to do well at the okay. box office. Okay, so, so here's May. Let me just hit the May movies, and we can, we can hit them real quickly. So we've got um, Pirates of the Caribbean, 29%. This is critical, 67%, you know, aggregate, whatever. Uh, Pirates is there. We've got um, Guardians of the Galaxy, great, great, you know, good here. Um, also in May, we have Baywatch, bomb. Yeah, that was Paramount, That's too. a bomb. Yeah, that was a bomb. Uh, we have in May also Alien Covenant, which is performing pretty well. I mean, 71 and 60. So, um, Boss Baby, Middle of the Road, May 30. It was, a, well, it was actually March. It was earlier. Uh, what else we have from May? 
Oh, yes. How could I forget this one? King Arthur. I've wiped it from my memory. Legend of the sword. Completely wiped it from my memory. May 12th. Now. (laughs) A week after Guardians. 28% critical, 74% popular of the vote. The popular vote you can't really trust, though, because it usually has thousands of votes before the movie's out. Yes. People like to live and die on some movies for some reason. I never trust anything. Unless I know them personally, I never trust anything they say about a movie. On a per- critics, maybe. If I like a critic, I c- there's a track record there. But people just voting on Rotten Tomatoes? No, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely. And even the critics kind of have a hard time on Rotten Tomatoes because they submit the review and then they submit positive or negative. So a positive tomato can be anything from they thought it was okay to they loved it. Yeah, that's right. So every critic might be different. Like, if I'm writing, maybe I think if I like a movie 51%, I think it's better than average, I might give it a, rot- yeah. a positive tomato. Yeah. Or, so, it's, I mean, it's subjective. No, absolutely. So then we get into June. Well, all movie reviewing is subjective at right, that point. Right, but Rotten Tomatoes is trying to take that out and give a, a stat. Yeah, I mean, but how else, how else are you going to be an aggregate? You, you know, they're like, oh, you want to see this movie? Here's the top 25 reviews of this movie. Make up your own mind. No one would go to that website. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, here's the thing, too, is... In our, in our modern world, people don't read past headlines. People go to Rotten Tomatoes and just see a score. Where I actually dig into reviews if I'm interested. Because if we go back in time, if Rotten Tomatoes had been around, Blade Runner would have been a negative when it came out. It would have. Critics did not like it. Audiences were unsure. But, like, I mean, that's a movie I would have gotten into and read the actual review myself. And, you know, you can make a judgment call. Is this critic... I mean, does he have some of the values I have? Does is, is he like things I like, hate things I might like? You know, you have to read deeper and see what they thought about the movie instead of just reading the headline. I mean, yeah, but, like, if every critic you read was panning it, you know. I mean, I would have to see what they're panning it about, not just, you know, I'd, what didn't they like about it, and that's what I would be reading, and I can usually make a judgment call myself once I get deeper into reviews. When's the last time you have... Oh, we're getting sidetracked, but I don't care. When was the last time you have liked a movie that you've seen on Rotten Tomato with a score under 20? Under 20? Under 20. I don't know that I have. I don't think I have either. But under 50, I could probably find some easily. Under 50, I could find some as well. But if a movie is universally panned, yeah. under 20, like I don't think I've ever liked one of those movies. Yeah. So in June, we have Transformers, 15%, like we said. Wonder Woman, 92%. Great movie. Um, Cars is sitting at 66%, a little bit higher, um, wide audience. Um, The Mummy, 15%. uh, Pirates, 29%. Oh, that was May, the end of May. Um, Captain Underpants, great reviews, 85% critically. what else do we have here? Book of Henry, 22%. Um, it Comes at Night, 87%. So, I mean, I'll jump in here, too. With June, the only real hit has been Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's Wonder Woman's been having great holds yep. every weekend. Small drops. 
Well, I take it back. Baby Driver's coming out this weekend, and it's a surefire hit because it only costs $34 million. Sony was trying to play it safe and say it might make 15 but we're looking at over 20 yeah. now with the first couple of days in, yeah. so it's going to And, and I think we're going we're gonna to do a segment on Wonder Woman here shortly. Yeah, that's the next yeah. review. Um, but now, so where we are, we're halfway through the summer, and here's what we have coming soon. We've got Spider-Man coming. We've got a ghost story coming, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, Dunkirk. Dunkirk is coming up, absolutely. Valerian, Dark Tower. Yep. War Dark, for the Planet of the Apes. Yep. All, all I mean, so I think the, the summer is still looking pretty promising from my from my perspective. Yeah. Thoughts? You guys have any thoughts that way? Well, I don't want to spoil the Wonder Woman review, but there are two movies. I Atomic love. Blonde is coming. Yes. Why haven't you mentioned this movie? Because I'm not really excited to see it. Why? I don't know. It's just female John Wick movie. They had they had a trailer today, and I thought, meh. I'm excited for Atomic Blonde. The Emoji Movie's coming. I am excited for that. Oh, gosh. That makes me discredit everything you say about movies. <laughs> just right in that one little snippet oh, there. it's called sarcasm. I don't believe in sarcasm. You say what you think and mean. Anyway, you had something? Yeah. I mean, so, so far this summer, I've, I've loved two movies. I've liked one. And the rest have been kind of disappointments for okay. me. Yeah. I have seen, if we're going all the way back to like Guardians. May, so Guardians. So I liked Guardians. And at this point, everything else I've seen has been, for me, eh. Yeah. My next best movie literally is probably Captain Underpants. <laughs> If you just want, like, I know I did a little snippet about it the last time we were on because I went and saw it with my son. But if you want to go see a Captain Underpants movie, you got a Captain Underpants movie. Congratulations. Yeah. And I'm, I'm probably the same boat. Yeah. I like Guardians a lot. Um, Cars 3, okay, yeah. Uh, you know, um, and I really liked Baby Driver. Yeah, and I really liked Wonder Woman. So, maybe three for me. Two that I loved, one I liked. Yeah. rest have been kind of meh. But we're heading, this is the good news, is we're heading into the summer half that I've been more interested in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's about to really, it's about to heat up. Yeah, right. And Spider-Man, too. We forgot that. There's a lot coming. I am more excited, I don't know, like fall. There's a lot of movies I want to oh, see yeah. in the fall. Oh, yeah. Now, we're going to get into some great movies in the fall. But, like, I, I don't I think it's because I haven't seen I've My taste of movies, my, not taste, but the impression that Summer has left on me because I haven't been able to go see Baby Driver and Wonder Woman and things like that. You know, I've seen, I've seen like... Pirates and whatnot. Aliens. I'm just, I'm just jaundiced to the. I'm like summer, summer blockbusters. What are you talking about? <laughs> These movies are awful. You're just looking forward to the fall because you can go see movies again. Yeah, man. I won't have to teach anymore, and I can go <laughs> see things like Kingsman and uh, It and Blade whatnot. Runner. Dude, I want to see American Made. I don't even want to. I don't like Tom Cruise oh, as an American actor, Made and I want to see American Made so bad. Yeah. I want to see three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yes, I want to see that too. 
And I'm probably going to have to go see the Lego Ninjago movie. Even though my son is thoroughly upset that they have changed the voicings of the characters. So, but whatever. Okay. Well, if you have thoughts on the summer movies, I mean, let us know. Put it on Facebook. We might put up a discussion point. I know we've had our pool and we're still, it's still going, right? But how is this summer stacking up dollars for dollar wise from past summers? It's down. Way down. Way, yeah. Like way, way down? Oh, yeah. I, I, every movie that's been a repeat, I think, has underperformed. Has there been one? Maybe Guardians might be the only exception to that this whole year. Right, but are other movies making up for it? Like Wonder Woman. Wonder like, Woman's I mean, that's pretty massive. It's, over, it's definitely... But is it overperforming? Yes. Or oh, yeah. It's it, expectation. It, it's it it's was expectation, like, but is it unperforming how good of a movie it is? It's overperforming for an offshoot movie. Because when you look yeah. at Marvel movies, this isn't a sequel. This would be like the first Thor, the first Captain America. Those are usually low. Wonder Woman as an origin movie is doing really, really well. I mean... Absolutely. Yeah. Way better than any of those. I think it was set for a 150, 500 was what they projected. And it's going to go four fifty a billion, maybe. Yeah, which is way over what they thought it was going to do. It's already way shot over. past Suicide Squad, Batman versus Superman. Uh, because yeah. everything I heard is it's a legit good movie. We'll yes. see. We'll we'll discuss that. Well, let's hold that thought, and we'll come right back. Wow, I guess both <laughs> you guys didn't like it. And on that bombshell, we will move along. <laughs> All right, we'll see you after the break. All right, and you're you're back, and we're back, and uh, this is the Film Coterie Podcast. Uh, we're going to do another bonus movie uh, for the summer, and of course, we mentioned it earlier in our half the summer uh, review, and that's Wonder Woman. And unfortunately, only two of us have saw, saw Wonder Woman, so we can't put it to a vote. But I'll start with Adam, who has seen Wonder Woman. Thoughts? Did you like Wonder Woman, Adam? What'd you think? We now get a movie about the best part of Batman versus Superman. She only had 10 minutes in Batman versus Superman. She was in that movie for all of 10 minutes? Um, it didn't even seem like that long. It might be under. Yeah, I didn't think it was even hardly 10 minutes, but... yeah, This is an origin movie, and... They do an origin well here, you know, because we've not had a Wonder Woman movie before. It's not like Superman where we have to see Krypton explode again or right. Spider-Man where Uncle Ben has to die or Batman where, heaven forbid, his parents get shot in an alley and you see pearls hit the floor. Three times. Yeah, in the same movie. In the same movie. So Wonder Woman is an origin story. We get to see Diana as a young girl Ugh. developing into a warrior and then heading out into the world. Yeah. And this is a good origin story. It's fresh. Didn't feel like they were treading over any old ground. And I like the setting of World War I. We don't get many World War I movies. It's an interesting setting where the world was literally on fire. And here comes someone from a bubble, not knowing what's happened to the world since the ancient times and seeing kind of the modern state of things. So, I mean, there's a lot to like here. I'll go out and say it that Gal Gadot is perfect casting. Yeah, she's great. Absolutely. I, I, I loved Wonder Woman, and I liked it so much, I wish we'd all three seen it, and we could just do a whole spoiler cast. 
because there's so much to talk about with this movie. Because it, it's a brand new, like you said, it's a brand new origin story. And um, thank goodness uh, Gal Gadot did not quit acting. She was going to quit acting. And I heard her on, on um, uh, Jim, uh, was it Kimmel? She was on one of the late nights. I, I watched the YouTube interview with her. And she had done some, you know, minor parts in Fast and Furious. And she, her and her husband, like, she was like, I'm just going to kind of, I don't know. I think I'm just going to quit. I'm tired of this, this whole deal. And she got a call to go to stand in and read some lines. She didn't even know it was Wonder Woman the first two times that she actually did, you know, did the screen test. And she then was still going to quit because she thought, why well, didn't get it? And then they called her back and they knew they were doing another superhero movie. And they said, well, you've got it. And she's like, well, what part did I get? They're like, you got Wonder Woman, but you can't tell anybody. And so, um, yeah, and so she was going to quit, and thank goodness she didn't, because now I cannot see any other woman cannot play Wonder Woman than her. She's perfect. She is absolutely perfect. And one of the things I loved about it was how they, especially on, how do you say it, Amascara, the island? Thermascara. Thermascara, something, the island of all the Amazons. I loved how they all changed their accent to match her accent. Yes, they had to. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because she's Iranian or... or Israeli. Israeli. Israeli, yes. Wow, that is divergent. <laughs> okay, so it's, yes. But in, geographically, that part of the yes, world. Yes, yes. And, um, and so she has that kind of accent, that thick accent. And so they, all the Amazons speak in that accent. And it's just... It's great. The story is excellent. Even the little girl... Who you know, kids sometimes can either hit or miss, and she was good. She, yes, you know, I thought she was she was excellent. Because the character Wonder Woman has to be a mix at this point. At this part of the story, she's got to carry a nobility, a strength, and also a little bit of being naive. Yeah, she doesn't know how the world yes. works. She's seeing everything in black and white, but not but not a fool. You know what I'm saying? She's naive, and she looks at yeah. the world real innocently. She's black and white. Like, she yeah. honestly believes that World War I could be stopped, and that there's some evil influence, and it's not the hearts of men that could do something this terrible. Yep. You know, and she learns otherwise. And I'm telling you, Robin Wright just brings it in this movie. The Princess Bride. Oh, she is awesome. I'm telling you, I, I would, I'd go see her. I'd go see her uh, adventures of her. What are you story. saying, Buttercup? Wonder Woman's mom. Oh yeah, huh. she, she's ex, she's excellent. Well, not mom, but the, she, no, she's the princess general, the the, yeah. the head warrior. And let yeah. me tell you one thing: she is a she's a butt kicker. I'm gonna tell you right now, it was excellent. Yes, the whole cast is great in this movie. It really is. Well, let's go ahead and then jump to Chris Pine. Oh, who in a first is playing the gentleman in distress. Yes, not the damsel. Complete gender reversal. He's it the, is great. It is so great. He's the romantic sidekick. Yep, he's the sidekick. And he does a lot of the traditional female sidekick roles. He goes to a party and has to but, seduce someone. But he's not at all, like, goofy. No. He is, I mean, he's special forces. He, he is, he, he normally would be the lead in a traditional World War I movie, right? Yeah, he's heroic. He's heroic and he's... He's he, not bumbling around. No, not at all. But he did not even on the same level as no Wonder Woman. No one is. I mean, you, she is literally head and shoulders above everybody else around her. It's just amazing to me. So in, in this part, too, Wonder Woman's finding her place in the world, the new world that she's never seen. And she's also discovering her own strength. 
I mean, it's kind of self-discovery there, too, as she goes on this journey and her powers and everything else. Yeah. And she's discovering what it means to be human with all of those feelings and, and, and maybe even discovering, oh, okay, I'm human, too. You know, I, loss I, and love. I, I loss and, and love and some of those, some of those emotions. Ab- absolutely. And, and, and we, we talked about this after the movie was over. I think you and I talked about this. This is probably the most mature superhero movie ever. I mean, I can't think of one with themes, mature themes like this, you know, with love and with loss. And uh, the, the uh, Patty Jenkins does something incredible that gives such... There's a scene, and this is not giving anything in a way, where it's a battle scene, and we see somebody get killed and die on, on the island. The Theramascara, is that right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Just say the island. The, the Amazon. Amazon island. Yeah. And she slows the camera down as we follow a single bullet. And somebody is going to die. You know, it's because the island's getting invading. That's not, you see that in the previews, in the trailers. And that shows you that loss counts. Loss is bad. Death is bad, you know. And it gives, it lays a foundation for the rest of this movie where when people die, it's, it, there's an emotional pull on you. And, and it's a pull on her as a character as she sees real loss, what, what war really looks like, you know? I loved that scene. And then there's another scene that I just love. I've thought about this that has never left me since I watched the movie where, I don't know, if it, it, just wave at me if this gets into spoiler territory. But there's a scene where the, it's World War I, we know that, and they're in the trenches. And there's a, there's a line given that you expect a line to be returned back and you're wanting, waiting on her to say the line. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And she never says it because you're saying that you're shouting it at the screen for her. She never says it. And then she unveils herself as Wonder Woman to the world. One of, hands down, one of the best two minutes I've ever seen in a superhero movie. Absolutely. That's the unveiling moment. Oh. You know, the I am Iron Man. It's, it's everything yes. there. Yeah, great, great scene. One knock against this movie, and it's very minor, is that the villain doesn't matter. Um, And that's true in a lot of the Marvel movies, that we always have subpar villains. But with this movie's runtime and introducing us to Diana and her world, there's no room to put in a villain with a backstory or any. The villain's not even in the preview. They've never wasted any time on the villain. And, and, And... One of the things I love about this movie is they make it very clear she's a superhero. Yeah. She's not just like an above average human being. No, she's a superhero. This, she's flying into buildings and blowing she things up. She gets stronger, up. too, as the movie goes on. <sighs> some, and some amazing fight choreography. I mean, just, just great, you know? I mean, I don't know. There's not enough hyperbole for me. I absolutely love this movie. It's, it's, you put on Facebook, I think, that this was number two of all time for you. For number two, number two superhero hero movie of all time for me. And what was the one in front of it? The original Superman, nineteen seventy eight. You'll believe a man can fly. Yeah, that, Richard that, Donner. Yeah, that, that's my. Just because it holds a place with Star Wars in my life, you know that movies are just incredibly. Is it is it a better movie than Wonder Woman? No, it's not. But for me, it just holds this like that coveted spot of 
I just love that movie. I love the the music. I, I love the story. I, I, yeah, so that's my number one movie. Okay. Uh, Wonder Woman's number two, though. Right, right, Hands down, better than anything I've seen Marvel do. And I love the Marvel movies. And better than anything, better than any of the DC movies, better than the Batman, uh, the uh, Nolan Batmans. Which, and I loved all those. This is just, it's, it's my second favorite movie. In the superhero genre. I mean, I struggle ranking him. I mean, my number one of all time is probably Nolan's The Dark Knight. Which I think is an incredible movie. That was the best possible adaptation. Best villain I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Perfect adaptation of the material. Best Batman. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's my number one of all time. But I have so many others I love that Wonder Woman's top ten and could crack top five for me. But I'd have to sit and think about it. Yeah. And I've only seen it twice. I watch superhero movies all the time. So I, I still need to digest it a little bit more, but it's it's top ten of all time for me certainly. Yeah, I, I will agree with you about the the villain is kind of disposable, and even at the end, you know, it, it almost seems um, disposable, and he shouldn't have been. You know, the villain should not have been then. But how would there would be no time in this movie to develop a villain? No, there's not. No, there's because you're already either. cramming in an origin and. Meeting Chris Pine and discovering and the war, and it's got the, the little the little gang that rides with her is great. The, the chemistry between them is really really good. I think too. Yeah. Um, another knock is on this movie. You could just slice off the Batman versus Superman bookends, the opening and closing. They don't matter to this movie. We don't need to see her in Paris working at a museum. Oh yeah, I agree totally. That was just put in to be connective tissue. Yep. The movie worked if we skipped that. And what if we just started on the island with her as a little girl? I think totally. it's a stronger start. I think it's a stronger start. I agree. Yeah. Matt, you haven't seen it, but the book ends are just her getting the picture from uh, Bruce Wayne. The stupid picture from Batman versus oh, yeah. Superman. I was, uh, was going to ask you, too, do you think she'll be paid more in the future for her appearances as Wonder Woman? She was paid the same. That's a misleading article. Because I, I'm just asking. She, so she got paid $14 million. She will after the box office comes in because Henry Cavill's money, the $14 million, uh-huh. was based on the box office performance of Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. She gets okay. back end, which Very the article nice. didn't fail to, rep- fail to report that. The she's internet in, has failed to report that. They've corrected so it. So what's the internet saying? I, I, I haven't seen the story. They were saying she's underpaid by a mass amount because Henry Cavill's received $14 million. They're on the same contracts where they get back end deals. So her money's coming from the performance of Wonder Woman eventually. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was my only question. I was just going off of a two-day-old story. Well, I, I, I know one thing. When they do Wonder Woman 2, I don't know what she's in her contract, but she's, she deserves to be the highest paid. <laughs> They've highest. signed on for six movies, yeah. including she, Justice League. She deserves to be as paid as high as any other superhero out there. I can tell you that right now. So we have... Uh, almost universally paying DC for their new movies, right? Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad was okay. That was awful. I wouldn't say it's awful. It's I think awful. I say it was okay. It, it was, was better than bad. Batman versus Superman. Yes, it was. Oh, it doesn't take much to do that. Let's really be honest. I still wouldn't say it's awful. It was. I was. And the Nolan Batman's for well, DC. We're talking whoa, about whoa, whoa! I'm not. DC. No, 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 no. Because I agree with Adam. My favorite. My my favorite comic book adaptation is Dark Knight. Like hands, like yeah. To me, there is yeah. I know the Joker was paid previously, 
But for me, there will never be another Joker after that. That was superb. Um, unfortunately, we never get to see it again. Um, but, I mean, but we have sat in here on this podcast and talked at where, what direction are they going. People don't understand superheroes. They don't get it. They don't understand. They can't do it. Does this give you any hope for DC as a whole, or do you think that Wonder Woman will remain an anomaly? It gives me hope for Wonder Woman 2, because Patty Jenkins is likely to return. She's not signed on the dotted line yet, but she was part of the magic that made Wonder Woman. She was, but she, she also didn't write it. I mean, right. Zack Snyder was, yeah, he was one, one of the, of the writers. writers on yeah. the movie. He gets a credit on all of them as part of his deal because of some outlining he did. Yeah. Uh, but still, he's one of the writers. Right, yeah. but he was hands-off at this point. Because they came in and course-corrected. Zack Snyder was kind of put in the backseat from what mm-hmm. everyone was saying. After Batman versus Superman, they reshot Suicide Squad to match the trailer. They also changed the tone of Wonder Woman. I mean, that's been kind of clear. So Yeah. That was good course-correction. And I have a little hope because isn't Josh Whedon at the helm now? He's, he's bailing the water out of the boat. But I mean, he's, he's in the boat. But he's going to do. He's the guy with the bucket. He's going to do yeah. that. He's going to be kind of the creative person behind. Right. But I mean, okay, yeah, Whedon has had some success. Whedon's also had some duds, right? Yeah. I mean, you you know, he directed Alien three, four, uh, Resurrection, wrote or wrote four. Direct, yeah. So and he that, wrote it. He wrote that's that's not good. <laughs> that's not okay. Good. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, there's only so much he can do, though. This wasn't yeah. his baby from pre-production. The boat has issues, <laughs> and he's bailing the water out. But you bail it as fast as you can. But if those holes are bigger than your bucket, there's not really much. They have you can not do. moved it well, from November well, yet. The we reason, don't know. Well, if the it's reason fall. I say that is because we see what he did with Avengers, taking an ensemble cast and 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 having them come together in what I thought was a really good movie. He wrote that too, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's. I, I just don't know what, I mean, they were not key and happy with what they saw from Justice League, too, or Justice League. So, I mean, I'm, I feel bad for Snyder and his family, but I don't know what Whedon's going to be able to do on it. I mean, you feel bad for Snyder and his family. What they're going through, why he's off the moon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, there's personal yeah. issues there. Yeah. yeah. And I do, too. And I, I get that, you know. Um, so, Yeah. But Wonder Woman, big thumbs up for me. Yes, uh, I liked it a lot. Highly recommended. I've told everyone I know that they should go see it. You didn't tell me to go see it. Yeah, I did. I don't think you did. I don't think you ever walked into my office and said, you need to go see this movie. I think you just assumed that I want to go see this movie. <laughs> I thought I gave you a good review of it after I saw it. You did, but you didn't say go see this movie. Okay. I want to go see this movie. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I'm just being salty because I haven't seen this movie yet. <laughs> it's better than the recent batch of Marvel, too. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, I think that shows with where people have put their money. I mean, this thing is, I mean, an unknown property, essentially. I mean, you knew Wonder Woman briefly from um, Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. But an origin story that people obviously aren't tired of. They're just tired of the same origin story a dozen times. And a female lead in a 
It had a lot of things that could potentially have been against it, yep. but the public has put their money on what they want to see, and I'm really glad that they did. Yeah, and I think with box office kind of down, it's expensive to go to the movies nowadays. I mean, even tonight, I was kind of hungry. We didn't eat dinner before, so I looked at the menu for food. Combo one is $14. Combo two is $20. You it's, just, it's crazy. Yeah. You, you, I think people are more careful... Instead of just saying, you know what, let's go to the movies, it has to be an event to bring them there. They want, you know, really good buzz, people telling them it's worth seeing on the big screen. Wonder Woman passes all those tests, and that's why people are going to go see it. It's enough to get you out of the house and not just doing a Netflix and chill night. Yeah. Yeah. If I wasn't doing a weekly podcast where we went in to see first run, you know, opening movies, I would, 95% of my movie viewing would be at the $5 special level. I would not, I'd wait till the following Tuesday and just see it for $5, you know, because we have a couple theaters that they run $5 Tuesdays, and that would be how I would go see, because, I mean, family of five. Yeah. You go spend 100 bucks if you go to the movies and get popcorn and something to drink. It's $100, just like that. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, it's the event movies that are bringing people out, and Wonder Woman's certainly an event movie. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, one more segment to go. We're going to talk about coming attractions and what's coming up in the weeks to come. You're listening to The Film Coterie. the end of another film coterie so now is when we talk about the coming attractions it's fun to get back in the room with you guys i like it when matt salty too makes it for a good makes it for a good episode i wouldn't be so salty if i could just see these movies <laughs> i'd be in hell uh, yeah you would be <laughs> i would be yeah like i should just shark. skip them all i should just come into your office and be like adam adam man i need you to teach my class I need you to teach my class. I got something I got to do. And you'd be like, all right, you wouldn't want to. And then I'd go watch the movie behind your back. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Adam. I'm very excited about the run of movies we have coming up. Yes. Next week is Spider-Man. Looking forward to it. And then War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, cannot wait to see that. (sighs) Dunkirk. It looks great. Valerian. Dark Tower. (laughs) These are the movies I've been most curious about, actually. Yep, absolutely. Did Valerian just put out another trailer? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot riding on Valerian. I, I know, I know. <laughs> They're but playing it's, for their lives. But it's like, it's almost like desperation. Like, you can smell the yes. fear and desperation on them. I agree. Now, critics have seen it. Some critics have. The early buzz is the first half of the movie's great. Great action, stuff you've never seen before, wildly inventive. And then the second half has to settle into a formula to save the day, and it's not as good. But it's not like Sun Zombie. Great movie, no. and then Sun Zombie. No, they just have to come in and save the day, and it, it falls into a formula. But the first part, everyone loves the first half. Awesome. Awesome. I hope yeah. audiences do, too. Because and I hope they go see the movie. Go see yeah, it. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Audiences, I hope they do, because I love, I love it when people go out and do. Right, I, I love that. In War for the Planet of the Apes, the buzz is through the roof. It's called, and they're calling it a bleak masterpiece. 
Dude, I I have all right, so I was that junkie watching the reruns of all the old Planet of the Apes with old Caesar and like I have seen all of those. I ne- the crazy thing is I didn't like the original Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston. Like after I saw it once, like surprise, huh? I was like, all right, I'm done with that movie. But the other ones I would watch anytime they were on for some stupid reason because I felt like they got played like once every two years, whereas Planet of the Apes was on a couple times a year, so it felt like that hidden treasure. Yeah. And I, I don't know. The new ones I have loved, I'm just, I mean, not Mark Wahlberg one, whatever that nonsense We don't was. have to talk about that one. Yeah. But the ones, the ones since then I have, I have loved and enjoyed, and I am super pumped not to see this one too. <laughs> You're just going to have to sneak out and see this one. I, I, I'm going to have to sne- it's It's hard. It, I can't. Well, I mean, normally I, I can. I can see it later after you guys have seen it. Um, but my significant other left for a week, and I'm. it's me and the four-year-old. I'm not going to drag she him. She went to camp. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, she left for a week. Yeah, she packed your bags. No, well, she left for a week. Right. Yeah, yeah, makes it hard. Yeah, I she understand. went to camp, and you know, <laughs> no bigger drama. That's than That's why you're. That's why you're watching Arrow because you're at the bottom of the <laughs> Netflix barrel. <laughs> yeah, because I watched three seasons of The Flash in two days. <laughs> but you know what? My four year old is now a huge fan of Flash. <laughs> awesome! So it's all, it's all he knows. Mission accomplished. <laughs> well, no, is what he I knows say. all kinds of stuff yeah, now. Knows. Flash, Kid Flash, <laughs> Arrow, <laughs> Zoom. Oh, <laughs> uh, and we have a. Um, a new episode of TFC Classics coming out, hopefully, if my partner Kevin, who was on our podcast a few episodes ago, um, he's had a mishap at work, and so he has, he's, we've been unable to get together and do a podcast, but we have two movies, Shangri-La and uh, You Can't Take It With You, that we're going to review. I got to see You Can't Take It With You uh, on the big screen this week down at the Kappa uh, Summer Movie Series, so very excited to share my thoughts and experience about that for some of our listeners that like vintage or older movies. So, yeah. All right. You can find us online. We lurk on Facebook at The Film Coterie. Just type that into Facebook. You'll find us. We're on Twitter with the handle at Film Coterie. And you can always reach us with an old-fashioned email at filmcoterie at gmail.com. I love how we refer to email as old-fashioned. It is old-fashioned. All the kids text Instagram. Snapchat. Oh, yeah. The social media. We're not on Snapchat. No, we're not. I have nothing to snap and chat about. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. You've been listening to The Film Coterie, and we'll see you guys next week.